Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to Glocal News in Social Artistry. I'm your host, Dick Dalton, and each week here on KOPN.org, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri, we get to talk to people who are building a more humane world from the inside out. And I got a, an old uh, colleague, I'm going to say, because we've shared the stage together. And I don't know, were you an old student of mine as well? I, I was. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me recently. And I, you know, oh my God, I'm beginning to forget some of those uh, yeah. years. My, uh, my guest today is Dengani Beza, uh, an actor. Uh, you you're a professional actor i'm going to say right you've got your card don't you yeah i'd like to think i'd like to think i'm a professional <laughs> yeah I, I am i am in the union good hey just on the side i got paid a little bit for a little gig last week doing a movie i can i be <laughs> can, I, can i be a professional too <laughs> if you got paid <laughs> <laughs> You got paid. You're on your way, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna not gonna hold my breath. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, here we go. You, you um, gee, Lincoln University. That must be where we met. Then you were yeah. in my health class, as everyone yep. had to be in my health class because it was a required two-hour course. Oh my God. <laughs> we have to take a health class. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it wasn't too yeah. bad, was it? No, it was great. I was there for, <clears throat> excuse me, I was there for uh, a small stint at Lincoln, and uh, no, I enjoyed your, I enjoyed your class. <laughs> yeah. I did. I a lot of it. <laughs> a lot a lot of people end up enjoying it because it's so different. But uh... it was it, it was kind of you know it was definitely off the cusp a little bit. You know, you, you, yeah. it wasn't the norm. It was, we we got to deal with a lot of issues in your class. <laughs> A lot of issues. A lot of... <laughs> You're going to keep lying to your kids now, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of kids, uh, when I first went to Lincoln, your dad was professor there, uh, Jubilani right. Beza. Right. Yeah. And uh, we had an interesting meetup when they asked me and Jubilani to debate polygamy. At the Baptist Student Center, <laughs> it was so funny because I was at the time uh, a non-denominational minister, and somebody got wind of that. And uh, your your dad coming from what country? Malawi. Malawi, and Malawi. I, I I think there are practices there that may uh, support uh, polygamy. Is that you recall that? I don't fully recall it. I'm, I'm sure there may be some areas, but me personally, I don't even remember the debate you had. I was probably too young at that time. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was in the uh, either late 80s or early 90s. So, okay, uh, got you. If it was late 80s, I was I was in primary school then, so. Yeah. But I probably wasn't dealing with things like polygamy at eight, nine years old. I, I don't, those, those I topics. hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, we had a good time, and uh, we sort of had a friendship from then on. So uh, along came you and your brother. Did Zondwayo, you have a twin brother, Zondwayo. Right, yep. I don't know if he took classes there at Lincoln as well or not. 
Um, yeah, he was there a while. I don't know if he ever had your class, though, but he had to, I guess. Yeah, he said. would have to. That's... He required it. <laughs> <laughs> or you could put it off and put it off and put it off, and then if you weren't there anymore, then you missed it. Yeah, exactly. Which some it. did. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you, you two uh, have very interesting names. Uh, I'm sure they have meanings. Can you share what the meaning of your name is? Yeah, um... I know it's uh, from uh, their Zulu names. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine's a Tambuka name, but a, a, a Zulu king. Oh, okay. Named Dingani, and also a, a leader named Zondwayo. Okay. Um, like I said, it's a, my name is a Tambuka name, though. And I have two different meanings I've learned. Um, one I learned was one in the time of need. Mm-hmm. And another one is one in need of a lot of things. Hmm. I mean... Two vastly different. Very. <laughs> I like to go with the former as opposed to the latter. So <laughs> I, I agree. I, I'm with so, you. <laughs> so, but yeah, n- normally I, I use uh, one in the time of need. Mm-hmm. Is what and your means. your dad was uh, honored in Malawi. Is that correct? Uh, when he went back uh, later uh, after mm-hmm. uh, Lincoln. Oh, I was gonna say yeah. He actually became a member of Parliament for the Republic of Malawi. Okay. All right. Yeah. And uh, even um, I think he must have had a tremendous amount to do with the president of Malawi coming to Lincoln University, the only head of state that ever came That's to right. Lincoln. I remember yeah. that. That's right. And I was yeah. there at that uh, convocation. That was really very impressive. Uh, it meant a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a big deal. Yeah. Big that was deal. a really big deal. And your mom, uh, Mary Beza, mm-hmm. is. And so she's there at Lincoln. She, uh, at least she was, and uh, was working with the International Student Affairs. And uh, that's right. Yeah, she had retired from there uh, some years ago now. Sure. But um, it was it. I what I, I find so special is that she was the you know the director of the International Student Affairs yeah. office, and they named that office after my father. So now it's the Dr. Jabulani Bayes International Student Affairs office. So. For her to work in an office named after her husband as the director was kind of a neat thing. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of that. Wonderful. Now, you just pronounced his name in a way I have never heard it. it Is that you, right? You said Jabulani. Yeah, that, that that's most of the times the way we uh, we pronounce it. Okay. And I always right. said Jubilani as maybe, yeah. <laughs> I, maybe I'm even misreading the, the, the letters. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. we, we know it's the same person. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Did you grow up in Jeff City? Um, I don't know yeah, when you all came. For the most part, we moved there, I believe, in '83. Mm, yeah. Um, so I was very small when we moved there, but I would definitely say I'm a native of Jefferson City because that's where I spent most of my life. Yeah, and I, I was born in uh, Illinois, in Carbondale, Illinois, Southern Illinois. I'm sorry. I just lied. We moved from Carbondale, Illinois. I was born in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was born we'll, on the, on the We'll coast. just say you misspoke. I, I don't think. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Good, good. Well, you've had uh, a really interesting trajectory from when I first had you in class. Uh, wh- there was some connection between you and, uh, I don't know, Rob Krauss? 
something yeah. to do with the little theater. You got in a play over there, or was that? How do yeah, you remember I, it? I I I moved back to Jefferson City uh, from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. I was in grad school at Emory. Oh, okay. And, yeah, so I moved back to Jeff, and I decided I wanted to get in the theater. I cannot remember his name right now, but my mother introduced me to an African-American gentleman over at Lincoln University. Mm-hmm. He was in the arts, and I'm trying, Brian, I think his name was Brian. I can't remember. He's since passed away, mm-hmm. um, but I told him I wanted to get in the theater, and mm-hmm. where should I start? And he said, well, I know this gentleman that works at Westminster College in Fulton mm-hmm. by the name of Rob Krause. Mm-hmm. So he gave me Rob's number. Mm-hmm. So I gave Rob a call and he was excited to talk. He was like, you know, we could use some more tall African-American men in theater <laughs> here in Jefferson City. <laughs> you betcha. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's so, see, uh, there was one. Uh, maybe there was. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But uh, so the, the great part about it was Rob um, introduced me to try and we'll see how this, this story goes. He introduced me to uh, his cast and crew that were doing a show at uh, the Capital City Productions or Capital City Players at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I became their stage manager. Oh, so that was my okay. first experience before I got in the show, just to be around it. I believe uh, Jack Renner was directing it. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and so my first experience with theater was working with with, with Jack Renner. Jack Renner, and. Um, then I heard about the little theater show going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't take it with you. Okay. So that, was, that, was, that was my very first experience. Like, you know, besides a Christmas play in fifth grade or something, right. that was my first experience as an adult on stage. And wow. that was at the little theater. You can't take it with you. And <laughs> how long ago was that? Was that in the 2000 yet? Or Oh, my gosh. That was uh, 2000, probably 2007. Oh, that late? Okay, yeah. Two thousand six, maybe two thousand six, seven. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, in right there. in there. Sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I probably saw it because we <laughs> were going to most of the shows at that time. Um, I think. Let's see. Were was Dreamgirls in your? It was. It was. I, Wheelhouse. I, I how we say it? <laughs> oh my goodness! That that was a wild experience. Um, <laughs> Originally, Robert had a guy, I believe, coming from New York to do it, I, oh. to, to play the the, the lead male. Mm-hmm. And um, something happened with that. Where I, I don't know. I can't speak for Rob, but something happened with it. And I was here in L.A. at the time, and Rob called me and said, man, buddy, I, I could really use you to come play this role. And I'm telling you, I just showed up in Jeff City trying to learn. I mean, I had less than a month trying to learn, you know, the lines, and I'm – I, I don't consider myself a singer by any means. And that was, that was rough. That was my first musical. Oh. And uh, yeah, trying to sing and learn <laughs> the steps. I said, that's, I'm a straight show guy, that, that musical stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you have such a low voice and trying to get yeah. in the register that uh, yeah, yeah. most of those musicals called for. Oh, they, they, cha- they changed a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the registry for me a lot. <laughs> I was, yeah, was uh, great show. I was one of the two token white guys in that show. You know, that's it, right. That's right. It, was, <laughs> it was a black show, and and uh, <laughs> it, which was great for for Jeff City. I mean, that was really yeah. a first. 
and they they had some phenomenal performers in that show. I mean, my hats off to them. They had some really great singers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Ajuzi girls and and the uh, girls. Yeah, Renata, Kush, and and Renata. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. They oh man, knocked it out. They were good. They were good. And we've done several shows together, though. Oh yeah. Well, you know, our uh, Lilies of the Field was uh, actually pretty intimate because I I was Jose on the other side of the uh, little cafe window and you were coming for coffee and... (laughs) <laughs> that's right <laughs> one of yeah, the yes, amigo <laughs> <laughs> there's jose <laughs> yeah was, that was a great show it was and again uh, a good cast and and uh, mm-hmm. yeah enjoyed that let's see we did um oh well i i wasn't in uh driving miss daisy but oh yeah oh my yeah. That was <laughs> oh my! You I, had to play a seventy-some-odd-year-old um, man. That was it was, was fantastic. Close. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah that, that yeah. was oh. a show. That was the second show I did, or third show I did with. Uh, it's the third or fourth. Warren Kretsch was in that one because Warren Kretsch was in Lilies of the Field with us, right? And then uh, he was also uh, the Dan Aykroyd character in Driving Miss Daisy. Miss oh, Daisy's son. I had forgotten that. I just ran into Warren yeah. just a couple of weeks ago. I hadn't seen him in a long time. Nice. Yeah, nice. He's doing well. Yeah. And then along came, uh, well, let's see, you had Requiem over at scene one, wasn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. That was probably my favorite show to date. Oh, boy. Um, Powerful that show. Was, yeah. And it, it was a challenge. It, it, it was a challenge. Um, it was special to me for, it was special to me for several reasons. Um, actually had a professional makeup artist fly in and do my makeup for that show because mm-hmm. I had to be really, you know, the cauliflower ears and the rundown, you know, beat up face from the uh, uh, rundown boxer. Yeah. And um, that was the show that I ended up doing all because of Dan Loria. Well, you know, let's, the, let's talk about Dan. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, um, he turned me on to that show uh around 2012 when i was 2011 2012 somewhere in there um he had movie nights at his house and anyone who doesn't know dan laurie is the the uh dad from the wonder years if anybody somebody introduced you to dan laurie that's right yep which was tom durkin tom durkin Durkin. right uh a friend of yours a friend of mine and a friend of many folks uh in and out of the theater uh, dearly missed here in Jeff City and and elsewhere. Another professional actor too. Uh, he was on That's right. one of the the soaps for years and years. Yeah, uh, he did Port Charles and um, uh, which was a spinoff of I can't remember which show, but yeah, he, he did Port Charles for a little bit. <laughs> um, but so when I decided to move to L.A., he introduced me to Dan because they used to run really close together right. when he was coming up. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and the funny part about it is, is that I ran into Fred Savage um, on a set. He directs a lot now. Now I don't so know Fred. You know, this Arnold from from uh, the Wonder Years, oh. but he has a lot of directing now. And I told him about attending Dan's movie nights, and he said, "You know, when I was doing the Wonder Years as a kid, we were going to his house for movie nights. 
So Dan has held this tradition for, I mean, 30, 40 plus years. Oh, wow. Of in wow. inviting young actors to his house to to watch certain films for, for lessons. Yeah, yeah. You know, and- Mentoring, so he, yeah. Yes. So when we watch Rec Room for Heavyweight at his house, starring the Anthony Quinn version, starring Anthony oh. Quinn, uh, he was so good. He was so good. Uh, he said, D, this is a role for you. Because he likes to show, he, he invites about eight, nine of us sometimes, and he likes to show us each a film that he thinks could really work for us. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, females, males, whatever. So um, he showed me Requiem for a Heavyweight. We watched it one night. He said, if you ever do this show, I'll be there. So I ended up going to the, the Wegmans. Uh -huh. <laughs> To Mark, I talked to him about it. They said we'd love to have it, and lo and behold, Dan Loria flew to Jeff City and stayed there for about three days with me and came to the show. <laughs> Can't be better than that. Yeah, no, no, it's fabulous. He, he's he's been a huge um, inspiration to me here in here in Los Angeles because uh, the COVID stuff. I haven't seen him lately, but uh, there was a time where I was we were watching movies every week. Ah, yeah, yeah, every single week. Yep, COVID has done its thing with uh, lots of mm. lots of folks in lots of ways. Yes, it has. Uh, well, why don't we just uh, transition? In, well, before that, let me. We're almost at twenty minutes, so I, I want to just uh, take a short break and say uh, uh, thanks for being with us, folks, on KOPN today, your community radio station. You're listening to Glocal News and Social Artistry, uh, which. Uh, we talk to people about uh, building a more humane world with their projects and, and with their lives. Uh, my name is Dick Dalton. I'm the host. And today my guest is Dengani Beza, a professional actor out in L.A. Uh, who was raised in Jefferson City, Missouri and uh, had a, a time at Lincoln University and graced our stages uh, uh, all over town, really. You had uh, the Little Theater, you had Scene One, you had uh, Capital City Players, which is now Capital City Productions. Yeah, so welcome again, Dengani. Good to have you. Thank um, you. Good to be here. Yeah. Um, we had just gotten up to uh, Dan Liguria. And did I say that? Dan yeah, Liguria, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. He's not a, a close, <laughs> not a close friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> And Requiem, which uh, you were cast in uh, here in Jeff City. I'm not sure the timing, but uh, we want to talk a little bit about that show you were in with Tom Durkin, uh, The Donut. Mm. Wasn't that The Donut Shop? That show? was. You know, that was one of that. I really enjoyed that show, too. That was Superior Donuts. Superior Donuts, yeah. Superior Donuts. Um and I have to tell this really fast. Uh, yeah, that that uh, that show always remains special to me. And, and something that happened that was so peculiar was the day that he passed. Mm -hmm. I was headed to CBS Radford Studios to work on a show, mm -hmm. and I pulled in, and the parking was pretty heavy that day. So the parking attendant told me where to park. So he said, go up here and take any one of the spaces on the left side of the wall. Well, I go up and I pull in to park and you know that the only spaces open were the superior donut spaces because they weren't shooting that day. 
So the day I found out he had passed, I parked in the Superior Donut. I pulled right up in front of it and I saw it say Superior Donuts. And that that just did something to me. I, it was almost like Tom was speaking to me. Yeah. And it, the, the chances of that happening is just, yeah. it's almost. Goosebump, you know, goosebumps every time you hear about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That was, well, thanks for that sharing was, that. That's a sweet, yeah. sweet connection. Yeah. It was. We had a great show with Superior Donuts. And yeah, he was really, well, I can't say enough about him. Really, yeah. really close friend of mine over the years. And, and I, I really enjoyed the time we spent together. Yeah. Well, there were a couple of other, uh, mother, a couple of other <laughs> amazing <laughs> shows. Um, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner mm. was a show that cast you as the young black doctor and your brothers on Dwayo as your dad. That's right. <laughs> my twin brother is my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, they really did him up his hair and, you know, yeah. whitened it up and whitened his beard. And, you know, what's after that show, uh, one woman actually stopped my brother and said, it's so nice that a father and son can work together on stage. <laughs> <laughs> And he said, thank you. <laughs> she actually thought that was my father, and that's yeah. my identical twin. Well, I mean, who wouldn't? His yeah. voice was perfect for the... That's and, right. And he didn't cut you any slack? And <laughs> Yeah, it worked well. It, it worked really well. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. But that show, along with um, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, along with uh, Lilies of the Field, um, I, I made, and I also did, um, a raising in the sun. So oh. these are all Sydney Portier shows. I'd made up in my mind long ago that I was going to try to do every Sydney Portier uh. production on stage that I possibly could. Um, and that was over this, at the Lincoln stage. That was right? at Lincoln. Yeah. Yep, that's, right. that's right. I got with Mark Wegman on that one and we got that one up and running. Oh yeah. What a, so, uh, amazing way that all that had to work together for oh, it to man. come off. Yeah. That was a project that, that was it a came project. Off it came off great though. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. It really worked out. Um, so yeah, I'll be doing another Sydney show soon this year. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Any, yep. you going to tell us what it is? Oh yeah. They, uh, let's see if you can get it from the hit. They call me Mr. Tibbs. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, I saw the movie anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be doing the I'll be I'll be Mr. Tibbs in the heat of the night. All right. Uh, Wonderful. Yeah, Cap Capital City Productions. Well, I didn't even know that was coming this year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, it's Check on the schedule. schedule. All right. All right. Well, I've got my season tickets, so uh nice. Oh, there you go. They I may think it, I think it'll be May. They may need an older uh, white guy in there. I don't know. There's yeah, there's a couple of them. You need to... <laughs> look into that, Dick. There's a couple of them. I keep we, we waiting for the you. phone to ring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's you don't wait for the phone to ring. You got to hustle, right? That's right. Oh man, that's right. That is right. <laughs> Well, let's do a couple of more from Jeff City, and then let's move out to L.A. Um, okay. So you did one where you were in a 
baseball locker room. Oh, yeah. That was the uh, <laughs> first show that I ever played the lead. That was right after You Can't Take It With You. And then You Can't Take It With You, I had a very, very small role. I mean, if you if you went to the bathroom, you could have missed me. <laughs> so, but, uh, <laughs> so, and so then to go from that into um, the baseball show. Yeah. Um, it was a big jump. It was like going from four or five lines to now the lead on stage most of the time. Very serious part, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, very controversial. Controversial? Um, yep. Um, <laughs> because of the nature of the show, if you ever saw it on Broadway or off-Broadway or anywhere, because of the nature of the show, the... I believe one day Rob said the fire department, the marshal, somebody came in to check what we were doing with this little show, oh. you, know, to, oh. to, <laughs> you know, because um, I'm trying to say it's played. If you go watch it on Broadway and places like that, I mean, this show, they have showers lined up at the front of the stage and, and men bear it all in the locker room. And they were kind of afraid that that's what we were gonna do, <laughs> and I was like, no, no, we're not, we're not doing that. But um, yeah, it was, but it was a great show about uh, Darren Lemming, who I think is, was more like the Derek Jeter type. He was at the top of his game, uh, everything going well for him. It just won a pen, just won a championship, and uh, at the awards ceremony, he announces to the world that he was uh, gay. Ah, uh -huh. so. And he does this in front of all the news media, all his teammates, everything at the podium. And that's where the play begins. So the play then is about his whole experience in the locker room with the players, with fans, with former best friends, <laughs> just just that whole that whole, you know, how, how, how are they going to treat him now in the locker room? How, how are the fans going to treat him? How's it? Because at the time when that show was written, baseball had still not had someone come out while playing uh, basketball had already had it football had already had it but at the time that now obviously that's over now the baseball players have but at the time take me out was written um no no professional athlete currently on a roster in baseball had had come out and openly professed their sexuality yeah isn't it amazing how our culture has had so much trouble shifting gears with uh, <laughs> so <laughs> many things, yeah. Your shifts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, I don't. Were there any other shows besides uh, when you came back this last year and did the Yearling? Um, um, let's see. Were there any other ones that we missed? Yeah, I'm telling you, my my mind is losing it too when it comes to old shows I did. Um, <laughs> What else? I think we, we named quite a few of them, Dick. Um, yeah, we did. Somewhere. Oh, uh, I'm just remembering little stuff now. I remember doing the Blue Room. That was a, a kind of a... Scene one. Scene one, yep. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, I think we named them most of them, though. There's, there's probably one or one or two somewhere in there, but... Yeah. You, you got the main ones, some of my favorites. Yeah, and when you you came back to do the Yearling, which was sort of a uh, a show that nobody had ever heard of for a long time, because right. it was way back in the fifties, book was written, right. and uh, 
and then you played the dad and uh the you had a a son that was not the same color that you are (laughs) 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 and wife and uh so we had to change the script a bit so that Don Otto, g- giving the yep. uh, narration, could say, well, you know, this was uh, not that uncommon down in Florida in those days. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and, and he did a great job. He kind of rewrote some of that a little bit. And, oh, yeah. um, uh, and he, he actually did take a little bit out of history because one day he sat and talked with me how historically it was possible. Mm-hmm. Um and kind of what could have happened. And, and yeah, so Don did a phenomenal job as narrating that show and also playing my son as an adult. Yeah, Don, Don did great. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a class act. I mean, he, he does his homework and always has yeah, a great uh, presence on the stage. Oh, yeah. He, he, he <laughs> Don, 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 take, I, I love Don. He takes it so serious. And, and I love that about him. He'll, he'll get a part in the show. And he'll show up um, more prepared than many professional actors I know. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll show up and he'll have like a whole notebook of history about mm-hmm. about the town where the play is taking place, characters. You know, it's, I mean, he he really dives in in every show he does. He really and, dives in and pretty much uh, assumes that character early on in the rehearsal and uh, yeah, he does gets that voice. Get the right <laughs> voice. I wish I could have seen him as Gene Shepard in A Christmas Story. I hate I missed that. Uh, I saw that. Um, another narration uh, job. And uh, yeah. again, he just, he, he makes it seem so easy. Uh, yeah, he does. Because it, it's so good. Yeah. Dan Loria played that part on Broadway, Gene Shepard. I flew to New York and watched him on Broadway as Gene Shepard. Ah, for that, yeah, that uh, Christmas show. What yep, do they call it? Yep. The Christmas Story. Christmas Story, yep. Yeah. That's the BB right. the BB gun and the and the tongue yep. on the flagpole. That's right. You'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> oh, you'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first Broadway show. First time I'd ever been to Broadway. You know, I, I I thought about uh the again our our culture uh while I watched the that show this last month or two months ago, whenever it was, um, because of a whole gun controversy and, and oh, how yeah. you've got to now, do you, is it a good idea to give kids BB guns and right. da, 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 or how do you handle the gun issue? <laughs> you know, it's, it's so strange because I remember as a kid, every kid in my neighborhood had BB guns. Oh, I did. Every, yeah. Every kid, my entire block, it was the thing to have. Mm-hmm. And we would just go outside and, you know, shoot at things, you know, just, you know, random objects in the woods. But um, it just never dawned on on us back then of it being such a problem. Today, I would never allow my child to care. And because they look real. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, our guns, look; those BB guns look real. The handguns. Well, <laughs> that, you know, that young black man up in the north, uh, northern state that got killed right. because he had That's a right. toy gun. Yeah, toy the twelve year old, and they looked so real that I would never let a child walk around with said type of BB guns today because it it, it and you, you you never thought you'd have to worry about that as much, mm-hmm. you know. I, oh, I, yeah. I never thought that that would be a problem like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's 
disheartening. Yeah, well, uh, the stage tackles a lot of issues, and sometimes when an old show comes up uh, with a new cultural setting, uh, it causes more conversation, which is good. That's right. We need to talk about those things. That's right. Yeah, so there's been uh, a lot of controversies that uh, stage and and movies have been able to uh, put in, in our face, so to speak, and uh, get us to talk about it, hopefully, uh, instead of just uh, leave and complain. (laughs) Right. Uh, Have you run into that much in L.A.? Uh, What's it like? Uh, We haven't talked really at all about your L.A. time. Uh, Yeah. Introduce us to Los Angeles, Hollywood, Uh, (laughs) young black actor. Yeah. Yeah. Or a um, middle-aged, are you middle-aged yet? (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I I, I think I'm (laughs) middle-aged. I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 it's been a heck of a ride. Um, It's, it's, um, it's one of those things where you really can't tell anybody. It's almost like they have to come out here and experience it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I never really would have guessed, you know, um, exactly what this experience would be like you know until i actually got here and 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 it's um what i find interesting about los angeles is is that it's not the it's 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 not even the the artistry the artist side of it all that'll get you down Hmm. um it's you have to even just learn how to keep a roof over your head and eat before you can even think about acting Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, especially especially when you're you're trying to be in the the the, the field, the vocation full time, and you're not spending seven days a week all day waiting tables, right? Or you know, a nine to five job. Those jobs are kind of they're not they're not conducive to being able to work in the arts. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you spend more of your time. So that's the that's the part you have to really learn how to juggle, mm-hmm. is providing for yourself but yet having the availability and the time to actually perform your craft, yeah. to actually go to auditions, to actually make content, you know? So that that's the most difficult part is, is freeing your time up to actually do the art. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, sometimes uh, living situations, you have to live with a bunch of people. I don't know how some Oh man. People... Yeah. When I first moved to LA, um, I mean, fresh, had just gotten here. I stayed with a cousin out in Victorville for a little while, but you know, that was 72 miles outside of LA. So I knew I had mm. to get closer. Yeah. So 72 miles outside of LA, <laughs> I had a, a young lady I was dating at the time in 2011 and uh, my first year here. And she drove from the Disney office in Glendale, which is LA. Mm-hmm to Victorville on a Friday night. And the 72 miles took her almost four hours. Oh, wow. Traffic, traffic. Yeah, so moving here, I thought 72 miles, I'm close to LA. I'm close, you know, I thought I can do that. I'm I'm just an hour outside. (laughs) (laughs) Three, it took her three hours on a Friday night, three, four hours, you know, but, um, but yeah, anyway, so it was even little things like that. You even learn when to leave the house and when not to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there were times where I'd be on set at Fox Studios and uh, they'd wrap us at like 
four, four thirty, and we'd all just be upset. We go, well, <laughs> let's just go sit at the cafe and have a coffee or a tea or mm -hmm. food because we're going to sit in traffic for two hours. It's like that four to seven window, four yeah. to six thirty, four to seven. You don't want to be on the road, yeah. and you and you just learn. You start learning all these things when you all live right. here. You have to time out your trips. <laughs> gridlock so is gridlock is common, I hear. Oh yeah. Oof. <laughs> um, I only live. Uh, let's see, twelve. I live twelve miles from Fox, where I used to work on the. Um, on a, a couple of shows there, but on average with rush hour traffic, it would take me exactly one hour to get from Fox to my home, which is only 12 miles apart. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so yeah. those are the kind of things you have to time that you have to be here and experience. You begin to. Yeah. Learn. Did you, did you start with uh, commercials or did you go right to uh, audition for movies or how did you, yeah. you know, a, a lot of it, a lot of it does start with the artist. There are a lot of um, acting auditioning sites hmm. that even if you come to LA and you don't have an agent, there's still things like the LA casting and uh, actors access, all these things that I was introduced to when I moved here where you can submit auditions yourself. Oh, You know, now it, it, now it, it won't be like you're submitting an audition to be on the Big Bang Theory. Mm -hmm. Uh, because you know th those go through casting, but there's a lot of like independent projects, commercials, you know, paying commercials, paying, mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of, of projects that the young not young artist can get out there and attack on his own, and that's actually that route is what really propelled me uh, rather quickly. Um, then I rather quickly went back down again. <laughs> but my first experience was trying to do commercials. And then I went on one of those L.A. casting things and um, I self-submitted for a project um, called Asylum. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's an interesting story behind that one. I was the only black man in the room and I almost walked out oh. because I saw all these Patrick Dempsey types and thought they must have made a mistake. There's like 40 white Patrick Dempsey looking guys in here and I'm the one black guy. And I thought they might, so I almost left, but I stayed and I almost psyched myself out, but I went into the audition and uh, I ended up getting the part. And the, the director and the producer said, once we saw you read, it was your role to lose. We knew you were the guy. And we didn't even think we were going to cast a black guy in this role. It was a, it was a white character. Wow. You know, so and I became they they cast it as a black lead. Mm -hmm. Um and that was during the time that streaming had started getting big. Oh good, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. shows mm -hmm. 2011, somewhere in there. Um, so my show got picked up by BET. Uh -huh. to be to be on BET.com, to be on their site. Yeah. And you know, that was that was kind of revolutionary. Because a lot of shows weren't, we weren't doing this streaming stuff as much back in 2011. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were still trying to figure out how to monetize it, yeah. how to pay actors, how to pay producers, how to pay when you're streaming stuff online, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how to, how to uh, quanti quantify it. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that, that, and then that show really started, really at least got me at least more known at the time. Um, mm -hmm. I have a variety article where they said Hollywood's next young and up and coming star. And they talk about Lisa Kudrow and Zach Galifianakis. Then they named me and two other guys. 
And I'm still holding variety to that because I'm not a star yet. And that's been about 11, that's been about 10 years now, and they lied <laughs> or they misspoke. <laughs> misspoke. There you go. Misspoke. They misspoke. Yeah. Well, well, you you had a you had a minute in uh, Adam Sandler's movie, didn't you? You and Zondwayo. Yeah, that's right. That was fun. Uh, uh, Jack and Jill. Yeah. And even though I believe his name is Dugan, even though Dugan directed the the movie, uh, Adam Sandler directed our scenes, hmm. not 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 Dugan. So we got to spend the day with Adam, and it was all improv. So Adam would just give us a scenario and say, let's just say this happened, or what do you guys think about this? Or he'll ask us a question. And it's just all improv between me and my brother in that scene that you see, the, the, the two quick scenes we had. And one of the greatest moments about that was when you're, when you're in front of the camera and you, and you do a little action, and from Video Village, you hear Adam Sandler cracking up laughing it's so surreal. It's like, I, I just made Adam Sandler laugh, you know? <laughs> I, just, I can hear him laughing. <laughs> that's so great. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's just being human, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Man. And, and, and those types of things through all the struggles make the job worth it. When you, you know, when you can just have those little moments, you know, like that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was fun. It's a story to tell. That's right. <laughs> so That's right. what's been happening since COVID uh, or since Jack and Jill? Have you found other projects that uh, meet? Yeah, I did. Excuse me. I did, um, I did a few co-stars on the Carmichael show, which was on NBC. Oh, okay. Um, and then also I'm having a, I'm having a, oh my gosh, I can't remember. The Fox show I was working on, I got a chance to do a really good co-star there with uh, actresses like Vicki Lawrence, you know, from Mama's Family and and the Carol Burnett show. So I, I know got a chance to I, do... I know the Carol Burnett show. <laughs> yeah, Carol Burnett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vicki Lawrence and uh, some great uh, Martin Mole. Mm -hmm. I, I loved him growing up in the '80s and. Um, uh, yeah, that, that, so I got a chance to work with a, a lot, a lot of good people. David Allen Greer, and uh, Leslie, Leslie Jordan, uh, the Cool Kids. Finally thought of the name, so I got a chance to do a great guest star on the Cool Kids. Uh -huh. um, yeah, uh, a couple other TV shows, a couple other movies, but then recently, since right before COVID, I've, I've started working with my brother a lot more. So I'm getting, I'm trying to get into the producing and directing side now. First, the producing. So my brother is a phenomenal writer mm -hmm. and we kind of start teaming up uh, to produce some movies. Yes. Well, I got a, a notice that uh, there was going to be a read through of a script for a movie that uh, you and Zondwayo were uh, putting on and I signed up and I got to read uh, <laughs> a part in the script. Uh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. movie it's it's I, i'm i'm just really looking forward to this getting legs and and taking off yeah we, we we are too we are too it's it's um COVID really slowed everything down in 2020 and even into 2021 and it, it, it kind of put some um 
you know, some some little couple speed bumps in the process. Mm -hmm. But um, my brother's really been reworking it, really been working on it. I've been trying to share ideas and he'll come up with ideas and he'll go in and write um, because he wrote the film. Right. Um, so the, the story is pretty much by us, but he 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 wrote the film and he, he and he's continually changing it. it it's changed a little bit since mm. the time we read through and um but yeah we're, we're just trying to continue to edit it and continue to, to 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 talk to people we've made we've got a little deal going on with alta global media and cake studios and we're just trying to find a good a good home for it good so well but, we um, should we should tell folks that it's a historical uh reenactment sort of of a tragic uh one yeah. of the biggest tragedies in in american history in some ways yeah um, yeah they they call it uh tulsa's what bloody... the Tol tulsa uh tulsa race massacre yeah okay and i didn't know if there mm -hmm. was another name that went with it but okay tulsa race massacre in my yeah, 1919 or 1921 uh, 19, 1921. So a hundred years ago, this past uh, Memorial Weekend. Ah, uh, okay. It happened uh, Memorial Weekend, uh, 1921. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah and, it's it's been getting a little more press. Uh, it sort of came out in people's awareness a few years back, and that's right. You know, Facebook and other things just kept propelling it, and uh, that's right. Uh, several TV shows used it. The Watchmen. Oh yeah, um, yeah, The Watchmen. Great show. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, then there's one more show, uh, Lovecraft Country. Don't know that one. Mm -hmm. Really great TV show. Uh, their final episode took place almost all during the night of the Tulsa Race Massacre oh. in 1921, because uh, uh, kids were going to prom. They canceled prom that night. Um, uh -huh. So yeah, so we have now done a story based in history mm -hmm. about the Tulsa Race Massacre. It, it's it's a based in history, you know, it's a fictional piece. Sure. But but based in and in, in, in that in that event. Um, and I admonish anyone who doesn't know about it to uh, Google or research the Tulsa Race Massacre. Um, yeah. I know people that live in Tulsa that didn't even know about it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean it. it they bury it for some time. Well, as they did so many things, and yeah, and yeah. continue to. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could we yeah. could go to multiple countries where we've had okay. uh, intrusions that are buried in our awareness. Uh, they yep. don't tell us yep. about it. So, yep. Yes. Well, mm -hmm. uh, let me take just a moment to uh, say, uh, folks, uh, we're talking with Dingani Beza. Uh, professional actor out in Los Angeles, uh, California, uh, raised in Jefferson City, Missouri. Uh, we're glad you're with us on uh, KOPN, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri. You're listening to Glocal News in Social Artistry. I'm your host, Dick Dalton. And uh, the reason we have this show is to talk to people that are building a more humane world from the inside out. And and you know, Dengani, there's nothing like art that makes us more humane. Uh, I don't know if we could even be humane without art. <laughs> right, right. And I'm, I'm telling you, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, 
I had a I, one one amazing thing experience I had was I was um, at a, a local uh, I mean, you might call it a dive bar pub. Uh, I was sitting there uh, one time during the day, and I was having some some food and 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 things like that, and a, a drink. And Kiefer Sutherland walks in, uh-huh. and we start to talk, mm-hmm. and he ends up sitting with me, and we talk a while. And you know, he had just gotten off tour from being in, um, I believe it was London. You know, because he he does uh, music too, so he's he's an, a musical artist and uh. a performing artist. So. Uh, I remember asking him, I said, um, which do you prefer better? You know, um, uh, music, performing on stage, your guitar, you know, all that, your microphone, or the performing arts where you're doing film and you're doing. And he first kind of alluded to exactly what you said. He he first kind of alluded to the fact that um, it's what it's like to be human or humane. I, I like the experience of of expression and also of what he gets back. So he said, as long as I can tell a good story, whether it's three minutes or whether it's an hour, it's a, that's all I care about. And he just began to, to continue to talk about the, just the human aspect of it all, mm-hmm. about you know whether it's music or whether it's 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 the performing arts, so that that's interesting. Uh, you say it like that because that that's really the basis where he was coming from too. How how, how what it makes us mm-hmm. story. Yeah, yeah. Hum, humans tell stories. That's right. We live. <laughs> I mean, that's right. I we don't know any other creatures that do that. At right. least we, we haven't tapped into their uh, methods, if if indeed they do. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think the arts is, is one of the most transformational, you know, things out there. I mean, it, it it's, it's a way of it's a way of sharing and teaching, admonishing, growing, learning without doing this, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I really like that about the arts because it, it, it's, it's if it's waving a finger in your hand, it's because of your your own conscious you know your own your own conscience and i I love that about art because i think that it can speak to all of us we can watch a a three-minute video of a song and 50 different people heard that same song and got 50 different messages from it exactly you know it's it's not it's not telling you one story and i I love that about the arts is you can watch a two-hour movie and somewhere a a million people that watch that movie got a million different messages Mm -hmm. For, for themselves it, it right. speaks to us individually as opposed to just like you know reading a lesson and answering a question and, and I, I really love that that's what i love about the arts so sometimes uh in writing you may get asked the question uh well what do you want people to get from this and you just <laughs> identified the biggest difficulty with answering <laughs> that question right <laughs> Yeah, what you mean? What percentage of people might have this take right. on it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. and that's you know that that happens in teaching wherever you are. It happens in a relationship. I mean, here you are. You're yeah. talking to your parents or your girlfriend or son or whatever, and they're hearing it through their filters. And that's right. That's right. 
Yep. <laughs> so yep. It, it means uh, we need to have a lot more mercy <laughs> uh, on other people, <laughs> not expecting them to understand it just the way we mean it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's good communication piece. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, we have about uh, five minutes left in our uh, show today. Um, okay. You're in many ways a mentor to uh, a lot of folks, <laughs> whether you intend to be or not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, do you want to do any mentoring here in the last few minutes to, you know, just if there's any words of uh, wisdom from your life experience that might uh, give somebody a, a, something to think about? Something. Well, well, I like, I guess I'd leave one thing. It's something I say all the time. Um, I, I sometimes have a lot of uh, young adults uh, come to me and ask, you know, if, if they feel like being a professional actor in the arts or even want to move to L.A., um, what should they do? Mm-hmm. And number one, that that's a very loaded question because for everybody that comes out here though it's it's they all do something different there's no blueprint for how you arrived in la and make things happen but there's one thing that i said must be constant in everyone who moves here that wants to be successful they all have to do this and i said before i even see you acting before i even see that you could even have the ability to act your resume any of that the one constant that you must have is extraordinary interpersonal skills. You must be able to communicate and you must, you must be able to, people must like you. <laughs> people want to work with people they like. And I, I, I told, I, I told a friend, I said, so before we even get into the actual art of acting, mm-hmm. I need to know your personality. Okay. Because that's, that's going to take you pretty far. Your mm-hmm. own interpersonal skills and your personality will, will open doors for you that otherwise. So, and, and, it, and it, it's a fine line. It's a fine line between trying to interact with these people at the top that you want to, to, to get connected to, to get them to like you and you not annoy them. I, I, I so I, I would express it this way. I would say, when you walk into a room, let's say someone said, oh boy, they said, oh, there's Dick. Mm-hmm. All right. So you walk into the room and the, and the first time he sees you, he goes, oh, there's Dick. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of response you want from a producer, <laughs> from a director. But then there's those where you walk in a room and it's, oh, there's Dick. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, there's Dick. And I, I watch sometimes young actors trying to smooth smooch too hard yeah and i said it's this fine line of not annoying Mm -hmm. you know the casting directors the the agents the the producers the a-list actors from from not annoying them to them though liking you and i say that you'll create more opportunity for yourself if you're a likable person so i tell people work on the type of individual you are and want to become 
and it'll open a lot more doors for you. Mm -hmm. People will want to work with you. And that's really important. So I tell people, if you're just a hermit that kind of sits at home to yourself and <laughs> you really don't like to talk or deal with people, you know, sure, there's those actors out there, you know, but those A-list actors who kind of are hermits, but that's not the way to make it. <laughs> so that, that would probably be my biggest advice is when I first meet you, I'm less worried about your acting and more worried about what I even want to work with you. Good point. You know, and yeah. that that's something that people need to think about uh, before they even think about the stage or, or film. And probably uh, they have a track record already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, ask a friend of yours. <laughs> or <laughs> Right. <laughs> what, what do people say when I come into the room? <laughs> well, this has been great. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Dengani. Yeah, I, I, I hope to do this again after we uh, have legs on that film that you've got yeah. working on. Yeah, that'll be great. And that'll maybe uh, maybe I can hook up with Santuario as well. So, yeah, it's been a real great. pleasure. Part of our journey together. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Take good care. Be Thank safe. you so much, Dick. Okay. And mm -hmm. uh, remember, friends, uh, wherever you are, listening today to Glocal News and Social Artistry, that's your world. Please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful, and more loving than you found it. Because if it is to be, it is up to us. Take care. Talk to you soon.